0: Welcome back to the Mental Health Commute. This week it's with Matt Duffy and Missy. You'll remember Missy from a few of our previous uh, podcasts with Dr. Duffy. And this week we'll be talking about pain. So Missy, why don't you kick us off with where we're going with pain today.
1: Okay. Well, you know, we have listened to all of the other podcasts, even though I haven't been on all of them. And I just thought we'd bring up the, the topic of pain again, because I well, one, I, I deal with the behavioral side and I definitely have some pain tips to go over that are good to go over. But then I heard you had a personal experience with you know, dealing with chronic pain in your own family. So I thought that would be a good topic for today.
0: Chronic pain is becoming more common out there. And one of the interesting things with it is, is like a lot of the mental health disorders, we don't have a good way of diagnosing why it's happening or where it's coming from. It's a lot of relying on patient feedback. And pain's is a, an interesting one, too, because we just wrapped up a, a podcast where we were talking about the link between the mental and the physical and how much pain be driven by one or the other, especially when we get into conversations around like phantom pain. place my brain goes is, well, if my brain can perceive pain in a limb that doesn't exist, can it also just be perceiving pain in a limb that does exist for no reason? And how much of Pain is driven by your brain versus pain driven by something happening in in your physical body.
1: Mm -hmm. There are certain disorders in mental health that are therapy specific. And then, of course, it could bridge over to the physical diagnoses of where's the pain coming from. And we talked a little bit before this about even if you're with the right specialist. So I actually do get a lot of people coming into therapy when... A doctor has actually looked at them and they're saying, you know, the amount of pain that they're stating is bothering them. It's, it's not comparing to anything that we can measure physically in the body. So there are a few disorders. I don't really need to go over them specifically. But it brought up a thought of what's the function of the behavior. So someone's saying, I'm hurting. You have to figure out why. A lot of the pain techniques that I go over are where is the source of the pain? Like where are we feeling it? Um, is it in a specific location or similar to something like, Oh, I think, you know, like fibro or CRPS, you know, it's all over pain. And so we, how do you target that? How do you fix it? And what I always say is just try not to focus on it so much. Like, don't let it absorb all of your day. You know, if we're focusing on things externally, does that then bring the focus away from our body? Uh, I always talk to people about the, where's our focus? You know, are we thinking a lot in, in our heads? Are we always thinking about our body and and our thoughts and our emotions or really engaging with what's happening around us? And and people would maybe call that a, a distraction technique, and that's not always recommended, but then sometimes that is good to get our mind off of our body and off of our pain.
0: Pain's an easy example, but if you allow yourself to focus on it, going to be height. As kids, one of the ways we're taught this, it's not a healthy way, right? But if you have a real big headache, let's say, you punch yourself in the leg, You redirect where the pain's coming from, but all of a sudden your headache feels better because your leg's hurting. And that's just trading one pain for another, but it kind of describes what you're talking about, where if you can bring the focus away from what's acute, it actually lessens it.
1: I have a slightly different version of punching yourself in the (laughs) leg, so let's go over that. (laughs) And I have gone to pain trainings, pain seminars, uh, because it's a very common problem. The one technique that was, it made sense to me and it makes sense to a lot of my patients is Wherever the pain is localized, just think of it as like a really tight ball of something. It's almost like a bomb going off. You want to explode that pain into a lot of little pieces because as we know, and this can transfer to any life event, we we can handle things in a lot of little pieces, but we might not necessarily be able to handle something big and powerful or really painful. I know you've talked about this before, but mind over matter, can we move the pain from our headache to another part in our body? It's like a a game you can play with yourself. So move the headache, I don't know, to your fingertips or to your toes. And that sounds a little bit silly, but it actually does work about having mind over matter.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit, I assume, of giving the person a sense of control. Because part of the experience with pain is this experience of being out of control of what's going on in your body. And if you can experience moving it through your body, even though there's still pain there, it's giving you a sense of control over it. And just how much a sense of control can reduce the experience. I assume that if you have a a lack of control or sense of control with this now you're getting an anxiety when you feel the pain and things like that. If I can reduce your anxiety now the number of things going on at one time is lessening so it gives you the ability to better focus on the one thing that's happening.
1: I know we're shifting topics just slightly, but it's definitely related with little kids, but sometimes adults too. I, I say personify the pain, which means give the pain a human quality or an animal quality or even a monster quality. I don't care what it is. Just pretend it's something other than the pain controlling you. With little kids, I say, you know, maybe it's a big monster trying to ruin your day in your head. I mean, this goes with anxiety. This goes with depression and tell it to go away because <laughs> we don't like it. We And that does give someone control over potentially making something less than what it really is. I'm gonna relate this to anxiety as well and saying if there's something foreign in our body that's happening, like pain or a disease or an illness, it's scary because we don't know a lot about it. And so when we can identify it or solve the problem, then it makes it us a little bit more at peace because then we have maybe some answers on how to fix it. And we talked about this a little bit earlier too, before we started the podcast, but Are we getting them to the right kind of help, such as, do I need to go to a chiropractor? Do I need to go to physical therapy? You know, insurance always has you jump through these loops, too, of doing lower-level care before we even think about surgery. Would you speak to that as far as, like, what kind of maybe resources there are for people that are in pain more on the medical side?
0: You know, out there, there's a big push already. Can we address pain without the pain meds? Because pain meds bring a, along a whole other world of potential issues, especially if you have to be on them long term. Pain meds are, I think, the, the most immediate and sometimes need to be used, especially to address something acutely. The question is, can we replace them or avoid them altogether through other means? And like mental health, today with how pain is experienced in people, there's no answer for everyone. So it's really about finding what answer works for you? And as long as it works for you, it's not wrong. I know of people who go to hypnotists for pain. People go to hypnotists to stop smoking and things like that. It's it's not that different, I think, from what you were talking about with having control over it. It's if we put your brain into a different state, does that allow you to have a different experience with it? Chiropractors, they're experts in what they do, and there's things potentially going on physically in your body that they can address For some people, surgical procedures, but that's often not the first line. You know, another one that comes along a lot of the time is just going to different specialists to try and identify the cause. Because at the end of the day, what I'm aware of with pain is pain is rarely ever the actual issue. Pain is actually the result of something else happening. And it's kind of like if you have a cut on your body, do I want to just put band-aids on it all the time and soak up the blood that's happening, or do I want to fix the cut? While we have to address the immediate need of blood leaving your body, eventually we want to get to the point of seeing if we can address what's causing that to happen. Sometimes it is a a search through different specialties and and different providers to try and identify what's causing this to happen.
1: I'll add a little bit on the I actually use the Band-Aid metaphor a lot in therapy. People, I know, are sometimes upset, like, why won't my doctor give me more pain medication? And the whole opiate crisis that we've had, people can die from an opiate, or too many opiates, I should say, taking them incorrectly, developing a dependency. It's just not the safest drug to be using (laughs) long-term, from my experience. We're covering up the feeling of pain, but really to get to the root source of it is obviously the answer which brings me back a little bit to what I can help with in therapy is obviously the we're anxious about pain. And so I, not that I treat muscles, but we talk about this thing called relaxation. You know, I'm not an expert in all the muscles and joints and nerves and all of that, but we have the person try to relax as much as possible, which is directly linked to the anxiety that someone feels when they're experiencing pain. The more relaxed you can be, the more control you f- you have over the problem, Generally, that tends to lessen the overall experience for the person.
0: Just out of curiosity in your experience, how often is pain coupled with mental illness?
1: I think that goes back to the reason for referrals. So if a doctor has looked you over and they're saying, we're not really finding a source, then they always have to kind of tease out the mental part. I just want to define this for a second. Your brain sends signals to the rest of your body. And so can you stop some of those signals from going to the pain source. And that's that whole thing about am I paying too much attention to someone? It's like ringing a bell inside of your body, like, hey, pay attention to me. It's our body's natural defense to say, oh, if something's hurting, we need to pay attention to it. But are we paying attention to it too much? And that's when I go into that, what are we putting our attention on? Um, I'm looking out the window as I'm saying this because, you know, what can I do to reestablish some of my joy? You know, do I go out and and try to play play? pickup game of of basketball because I used to enjoy that, but I'm in so much pain I can't. Well, just go try it and see what happens. And after a while, believe it or not, maybe you're just enjoying the game and and your pain goes away. Not always the case. Of course, we always caveat this with speak to a medical professional for sure, but it's just some of those techniques that can kind of make life easier in the meantime.
0: And just get your off-the-cuff reaction. What I hear you talking about a lot and how to address it isn't actually doing anything physically to your body. It's changing your mental state. Is that fair to say in your approach to it?
1: Yeah, I literally, the way that I do therapy, I think is a little bit different in that I love studying more of like the neural pathways, being in charge of your own direction of thought. And so again, I think we've gone over it enough, but can we change the way that you think about a problem?
0: So one theory I've developed in pain, and this is not confirmed anywhere, but I like to pose it to people in the medical profession, is what's really interesting to me about your brain is your brain is unable to feel pain. That's why you know when we do brain surgeries, people can actually be awake because there's no pain receptors actually in the brain. So when you have a headache, it's not in your brain; it's actually in the the skull and blood vessels and things things around it. But when I think about pain. What pain in your body is communicating to you that something is broken or something is hurt or something is damaged. But if your brain is damaged, how do you know if it can't communicate through pain? Sometimes your brain causing you to experience pain in other parts of your body as a way to try and alert you that something is not working correctly in your body, but it just happens to be in the part of the body that can't communicate through pain. And I don't know if anybody has an answer to this, or even if I might be the only person out there who thinks about it this way. It's just a very interesting thing to me that if the pain is experienced in, say, the leg, but we can address it through strategies in your brain, are we just missing what's causing the pain, which is something going wrong in your brain?
1: And I don't know if you're specifically asking about maybe emotional pain, too, because where do we feel emotional pain? All the chemicals that are necessary to be in the brain to experience happiness. I always say that we have to do a joyful activity or have some kind of joyful experience for those neurotransmitters to actually be present in the synapses and, you know, for the brain to do what it needs to do. Um, So that's why we sometimes say combat a negative thing like pain with a positive experience, if at all possible, if not, if it's not going to cause any further medical complications.
0: I think that wraps up this episode of the Mental Health Commute. Join us next time.